All right. We're ready to roll. We're ready to roll. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Renee Bohr with my cycling buddy, Tommy O'Donnell, and we just finished day 15. Is that? The, I was off all day. I think I did a live earlier, and I said day 13 no, or something. It's day 15. Man. I have been keeping copious notes, and uh, I know you're that you're notes. averse to... <laughs> <laughs> using one of these and keeping notes, but don't worry, I've got your back. I'm Thank taking you. notes. Thank you. So today, you and Cindy rode 55 miles. It was pretty impressive. It was a good. It was a good ride. It was uh, nice country roads and yeah. wind at our backs. And we met some interesting people. So yeah, yeah. Seventy. We're 750 miles into uh, the ride. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, and it's two to... weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. So it just seems like yesterday that we got started. Yeah. Are you I'm anxious? To, are you yeah. anxious to finish? Or would you just like to have this oh, go on forever? Go, go on forever. Just <laughs> I'll ride my bike to Texas. How about that? That'll be the next perfect. Race. Yeah. So just let you just keep keep <laughs> the bike and okay, good. Yeah, let me make a note of that too. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So let's introduce today's special guest. All right. That's going to be answering our question of the day. Joanne Malaro, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah Hi, Joanne. For joining us. Hi, Renee. <laughs> So you have been uh, following some of these uh, podcasts, so you kind of know what's coming. Is that right? I have an inkling. Yes, I do. <laughs> you have an inkling. Okay. I, have, I have some questions for you guys first before we get into the interview. Okay. So are you keeping, it's a lot of miles. You're almost halfway, right? Day-wise. I don't know about mileage if you're also equidistant between start mm -hmm. and finish, but are you keeping a list of how many tire like inner inner tube you go through and like you know all of the mechanics the logistical stuff of what you're buzzing yes. through with this yes. and it's been really really simple because I, i'm going to knock on wood we have only had one flat mm -hmm. amongst four amongst four bikes so far yeah so That's 750 impressive. miles with only one flat yeah and we won't mentioned the guilty party who had that flat oh yeah but his no. name is what Sonny? yeah sunny he's Shoe. he's yes. <laughs> We're. I actually think he stabbed his tire on purpose with a knife or something. No way. I think, I think he did too. Yeah, yeah, it was a very suspicious slice in his tire, <laughs> right. and we checked him for you know for pocket knives. We didn't Got find any. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure Sonny is listening to this and will deny everything, but we know better. I I think he was he was ready to quit. Yeah. So any other well, questions? All right. So let's all bring right. on the question. Okay. Good. Right. Here we go. So the question of the day comes from. Lucas McShane from North Lawndale College Prep. So the question that uh, Lucas has is what are the, uh, what is the large five-year goal that you have? And then how do you divide that or break it down into one-year increments? Mm. So Great um, question. think about that one and then we'll Yeah, Lucas, your, uh, this is a good, this is a really mature question. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> okay, so, so we're going to let you mull that one over. But before you get to the question today, we're going to ask you some questions. That's right. Starting okay. with, uh, we'd sure like to hear a little bit about your background. So uh, Tommy brought me up to speed on some of the things that you've done. Sounds like it's really, really interesting. So why don't you tell the kids and let the rest of our audience know a little bit about yourself. So just a brief history, where you're from, where you grew up, and so on and so on, and what brought us to today. All okay, in, great. all in, forty-five minutes or less. I'm kidding. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> okay. Not a problem. Well, one thing I've learned uh, through all my experience in life so far is that not a lot of people have a really linear progression in the way that their lives happen. Um, 
people go through life and you're really influenced by who you meet and where you are and the other events in your life that influence your decision making and influence kind of like where you go. So I'm no exception to that. I've done a lot of different things in my various history and career of working, but I'm from New Jersey, a town called Cranford, New Jersey. Um, and I went to Rutgers University, the State University of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I've lived uh, not only in various locations in New Jersey, but I've also lived in Syracuse, New York, or Baldwinsville specifically, which is very close to a stop that you'll be making in just a few go. days. Yeah. So I lived there for four years, and I currently reside about 25 miles north of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. And I also split my time uh, between Bethesda, Maryland, where I'm currently working on a project at the National Institutes of Health. Mm-hmm. So I have an apartment in Bethesda and a house in Pennsylvania, and I kind of go back and forth in between. But my yeah. current line of work, my day job, I'll say, my day gig, is that I work for an engineering consulting company. We focus in the pharmaceutical and biotechnology sectors, life sciences, and um, I work in the department that is um, busy on a day-to-day basis with regulatory compliance for our clients. So mm-hmm. I help our clients make sure that their facilities, their equipment, and their processes are operating the way that they're supposed to be, the way that they're reporting to whatever regulatory authority they're trying to um, suffice, you know, match up with. So wherever in the world that is, their drug products are being sold. So that's what I do by day. Here at the National Institutes of Health, it's a really interesting opportunity because as many of your listeners may know, and you guys surely know, Um, all of the leaps and strides they've been making in in battling various diseases with gene therapy and cell therapy. Mm -hmm. And so here at the NIH, it's all clinical work. It's all first in human stuff. And this is the forefront of um, personalized medicine. And so they're having to bring their facilities. Some of them are aging, an older clinical center that's between 50 and 10 years old, depending on the wing that you're looking at, bringing that up to current good manufacturing standards so that they can legally produce uh, what's now considered drug product, which is basically patient cells modified in some way to be reintroduced to that same patient. But um, it's super interesting. I feel very connected to the mission here. Um, When we go to work every day, we will go to lunch in the cafeteria in the clinical center, and there will oftentimes be patients sitting at the next table with their family. So it's very... um, you know, it really presses on your heart to yeah. see it. And is this you know connect- that feeling makes a difference. Is this connected to human longevity in any way? Well, uh, I know that the specific departments that I'm working with right now, which are the Center for Cellular Engineering and National Cancer Institute, are specifically targeting disease, different disease, oncology, obviously. Yeah. Um, not specifically with longevity, but there's a lot of different institutes here that comprise the whole big thing, and they work on a whole host mm-hmm. of different yeah. projects and research. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Super interesting. So that's yeah. what I do by day, and I have a side gig, which plays right into Lucas's question of the day. That's uh-huh. my five-year plan, but I'm a certified life coach as well. Okay. And mm-hmm. this is kind of where I would like to be on a full-time basis in five years. Okay. So, that's one of your personal so I I will coach anyone but I really like to focus a lot of my coaching and what I've done for the past 20 years on a volunteer basis is help uh, women specifically collegiate women 
So that's people between the ages of 18 to 23, say 25, maybe even mm -hmm. in the graduate situation, graduate school, to figure out what it is that they want to do and help them align their goals with their current life and the activities and actions that they're taking to reach those goals. So I do yeah. that. I also coach women who travel frequently for business, road warriors, I'll call them road warrior women. A lot of times uh, they're moms or perhaps they are um, career, you know, young in their career, just getting started. Right. And it's really hard to balance the demands of travel, which have its own unique set of circumstances with your personal life. And, um, you know, society tells a lot of us, not by gender, like a lot of us, how we should be. And we see a lot of what we, what society is telling us is the perfect vision of ourselves on social media. So having um, the opportunity to help people and specifically women who are traveling align uh, their personal goals with their reality and um, not feel guilt, like calm down the guilt that yeah, they feel yeah. from what society tells them they should be feeling and maybe it's uh, yeah, disjointed yeah. or incongruent. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your educational experience at Rutgers. And maybe yeah, so right. right. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Renee. Well, I was going to say you don't learn everything in college, but uh, it must have given you a pretty good start. Um, I am not utilizing very much of the of the book learning that I learned in college, honestly, in my career right now. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that you could find a lot of people standing in line behind me saying the same thing. However, what I will say that I learned in college right off the bat was um, the value of learning how to get along with a lot of different people who have different ideas and different backgrounds than me. So right out of the gate in a dormitory situation with a roommate who you don't know. And um, that yeah. was a very interesting experience for me. I'd always, you know, I'm from a small family. I'd always had my own bedroom. So to have to share close quarters like that was quite a learning experience. And in addition, I joined a sorority my freshman year and lived into, in the sorority house. So living with, you know, a large number of other women um, and having to share bathrooms and, you know, living space and stuff like that was really a very good lesson for me, for sure. But I will also say that along with that, I also learned how how I was responsible for my own life and that it's nobody else's job to, you know, make sure I'm having a good time. It's no one else's job besides my own to make sure that I'm showing up where I have to be, where I say I'm going to be, what time I'm going to be there, right. studying, mm -hmm. not studying, whatever. Rutgers, along with many other state universities, is big. And so you're in big lecture halls with 300, 400 other students. Right. You can easily get lost. No one would know if I was there or not for a lecture. Right. So. Sure having to be responsible and learning the hard way sometimes what happens when you're not was a very valuable lesson that I carry forward with me now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very good. Um, All right. What else can I say about education? I mean, I, I, uh, I really did like being at a big university. I think there's a lot of opportunities that larger universities afford. However, in retrospect now, of course, hindsight's 50-50, but yeah. I think I would have probably been a much different student, maybe even a better student, had I gone to a smaller school yeah, where sure. um, I could have interacted more readily, more easily on a one-on-one -on -one basis with my instructors, mm -hmm. yeah. just yeah. for my personality. Well, yeah. What would you say would be like the 
the most valuable lesson that you've learned, whether it's through college or just life experience or whatever, something, a lesson that you would, you know, tell the, the kids of North Lawndale, what would be like the most valuable lesson? Uh, well, I kind of have this rule of three that I live my life by, and I do give this advice to other young people too. And so the first uh, rule that I learned as a young person, probably 19 years old, was um, you make your own good time. And what I mean by that is if I'm unhappy, there's no one else that's responsible for my happiness besides me. So if I'm not having fun, then I need to change something about my circumstance, my thoughts, and or what I'm doing to sort of change that around. Yeah. Um, the second thing is that you've got the power. So like as an individual, you have the power to make mm. change. It right. kind of goes along with, you know, you make your own good time. Like yeah. you're yeah, the absolutely. one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the third, the third part of that is um, if you don't like something, work to make a change. Don't just whine about it. So people generally don't look upon whiners very favorably, people who just complain a lot. Um, and so this has been really impactful in my um, adult life as well because I volunteer a lot of time actually to different organizations that serve young, young people and young leadership. Mm -hmm. So um, if there's something that I'm seeing that I don't like, I definitely will lend my time and lend my talents to make it better. And I would advise and recommend to youngsters, you know, young people also, um, high schoolers, yeah. college people, collegiate women and men to think about that, you know, carry that forward themselves. If they don't like something, work to make a change. And mm -hmm. I mean, I have I have three sons of my own who are in their twenty late twenties and early thirties, and um, I will say with great hope in my heart and a really good feeling that I I think that the current generation millennials or whatever you want to call them, whoever's coming after the millennials, I think they really get that. I think that they do work to make a change. I think they're very socially conscious in a very good way. They generally care about how they spend their money and where they spend their money and making sure that it's in alignment with their values and, and their goals too. So I applaud yeah. that. And that kind of goes along with probably the lesson that I learned. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. So here's just a question. What do you like most about being a life coach? Um, I love helping people. I love helping people realize that the answers to, you know, life's questions that they're pondering and really suffering through are all within themselves. I don't have answers for you, Renee, or for you, Tommy, you right. have your own answers, but sometimes you're so close to it. And so myopic, you just don't know, you know, our brains get in the same thought pattern and we go down the same trail again and again, and it's hard for us to see another way. Mm -hmm. So being that sort of, um, giving someone that different perspective and helping them see how their brain is thinking maybe and yeah. you know what that's creating for them in their lives is so rewarding for me. Yeah. Cause it's helpful, you, really helpful. Yeah. Do you yeah. think people in general kind of resist the whole notion of having a coach as sort of a sign of weakness or, uh, yes, yes, maybe. I think it's a misnomer. Um, my coaching mentor has said that it's very interesting. She, her name is Brooke Castillo. And she has said that in the nineties, the big, all the rage was physical fitness, right? So everyone was going to a gym and working out and that's what a coach was as a trainer, you know, and that was the focus. And she really feels that in 
really starting in 2010, but moving forward for the next 20 years or so, she really thinks the future is in mental health, mental fitness. And so that's where this whole idea of life coaching or success coaching or whatever you want to call it, you know, it's just um, someone to support you and help you figure out for yourself what it is you want in your life and then how you might proceed to, you know, create the situation around yourself to get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. You know, and having worked with a personal coach myself that wasn't a physical coach, (laughs) (laughs) it was more for my mental and emotional well-being, it helped me a lot. So uh, if there's anybody out there that's thinking about hiring a personal coach, do it. Don't don't overthink this. It can be very simple. Yeah, it can Mm -hmm. be very simple. Just so about every every coach I know will offer a free session too. So if you're curious, just reach out. There's a bunch of different resources online where you can find different coaches and almost everyone will offer a free consult and you can just get a taste of it just to see if it's for you or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So uh, here's a question for you. Who's had the biggest influence on your life? If you reflect back on all your years on the planet, who's who's had the biggest impact? Maybe it's been more than one person, but uh, it's definitely been a lot of people, but I think, um, and I don't think I'm unique in this. I would say my mom for sure. My mom was, um, someone who, who had a huge impact on my life. She isn't alive anymore, but she was uh, a mother in the 1960s who owned her own company and went to work every day. And that was very unusual for women at that mm-hmm. time. She was the only mother that I can think of, of my, all my friends growing up that worked. Um, certainly the only one that had her own company, she owned a marketing company and, um, she did it with such grace, you know? And, and so she really instilled a sense of independence in me and, um, a really strong work ethic. So, and also a lot of self-confidence, you know, because she believed in me and she told me that all the time. And so, Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really had a big impact on my life. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke detectors are going off of my house. Oh, no. <laughs> Someone else is cooking tonight. That's why. You let someone else go. And, and boiling water? I never knew that boiling water would set off a smoke detector. I've never... yeah, All right, you have that? I, I heard it stop. So. Yeah. yeah. So either the smoke detector was ripped out of the ceiling or uh, started, started banning things. All right. Well, that's a, this is a great segue, by the way, a great segue into the question of the day. It's time to lift the smoke screen on this question of the day. Absolutely. All right. All right. So, so the question was um, from Lucas McShane. So what is the, what is the, the large five-year goal? Mm-hmm. that you, that you have and then how do you break that down into one year increment yep. yeah right. great question so uh i was just writing this all out this past weekend so it's actually pretty timely so my big five-year goal is to transition ultimately by actually by 2023 so it's a little bit shorter range than five years but to transition completely from my current job as a engineering consulting consultant into mm-hmm. life coaching full-time Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot that I don't know about, um, you know, I'm a relatively new entrepreneur, although I've watched and been influenced by many other entrepreneurs in my life. Thank you, Tom and Mark O'Donnell, um, the very first 
young entrepreneurs that I had the opportunity to work with. So that whoa, was another. Whoa, 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 you had to work with both of them? <laughs> oh, I know. Sorry. It was awesome, actually. Right, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot I don't know about entrepreneurship and a lot I don't know about starting a business and marketing myself and the technology, frankly, for a person my age can be quite daunting at times, but this is what I do. Lucas. So I write down all of these things that pop in my head and say, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do it. I just write them. I just download all of that. Each one of those things will call that an objection or some other, you know, something that's, a, that's blocking me. Each one of those things becomes a to do for me. And so I'll take each one of those one at a time and I'll just write out, well, I don't know how to get, I don't know how to get my own website. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put that on my calendar and I'm going to do some research into figuring out how to, you know, get a website, my own website, how, you yeah. know, and so each of those things that's a block for me becomes a to do. And the best way to do that is to schedule for me to schedule the time in my calendar. If it's on my calendar, I do it. And I will allot a certain amount of time, you know, based on what I have available in my calendar to get that done. Mm -hmm. And I'll just chip away at one big thing at a time. So, mm -hmm. For me, the first one was actually certification. Boom, done. I did that actually twice certified at this point. So done. So now yeah. really it is lifting my online presence. And so that's really what I'm focusing on next. So I've hired a graphic designer. I have a business coach. We're working on, on all of that. So that will probably be this year's goal is to get a social media presence, to get my website. I mean, I have a website now, but it's not beautiful. But, you know, it's all a process. Yeah. And um, then I'll move on to the next big chunk. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I approach it and break it into manageable pieces because that's the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And so to me, this seems like a pretty big elephant. The, yeah. the good thing about it, and hopefully with most people's goals, is they're super psyched about it. It's something that they really want to do and really want for themselves and are excited yeah. for so they don't mind digging in, even though these block, these blockage points can seem like a big roadblock. Once you just look at it and think about everything I know about websites, just write it all down yeah. and mm -hmm. try to put the pieces together for myself and then, you know, talk sure. to some experts. And do you have, do you have a real clear image in your head of what your life is going to look like at the end of 2023? I sure do. <laughs> I think about that almost every single day. It's, mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's good. So share so that. With, so let's now at the end of 2023 and we're having a conversation with you and you're just reflecting back on the last year. I mean, what, what, what does your life look like? So my life is, um, spent three, three full on um, my, my goal is to work three days a week, mm -hmm. uh, full time at life coaching with clients, hands on with clients, and then to spend uh, two days a week working on my business, on the business mm -hmm. aspect of it and building yep. the business. I um, am not bound by a nine to five because my clients will be all over the world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll be scheduling as it makes sense and I'll be free to travel. And that's the beauty of what this coaching opportunity provides as well is that I don't need to be in one location. I can use technology to my advantage from wherever I am, just like you guys are. There you go. Wherever you are. <laughs> wherever we are. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I would be really very happy to let you know that I would be uh, welcoming 
family, grandchildren, um, and our children to our home on a regular basis, hoping to find a lovely spot at a beach somewhere. Not sure which beach yet, but we're going to get there. And who doesn't want to come visit a beach, right? Exactly. So. exactly right. Well, there is Turkey Beach here on <laughs> yeah, the North Shore of Lake Erie. No, it's a real place that we know because we're here. <laughs> you said it was lovely. It is lovely. Yeah. It is lovely. It's not an ocean beach, but it's, you know, it's a, a great lakes beach. I like yeah. lakes too. I like lakes and mountains too. So that's not out of the question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So cool. we want to thank you for joining us today. This has been a real delight. And are we going to meet you in, in Rochester? Are you coming up to Rochester? Uh, Syracuse, right? Aren't you oh, Syracuse. Be in yeah, Syracuse. That's right. I'm sorry. Possibly. I, I have um, I have something else that's on my calendar this weekend, but I think that you'll be meeting Mark for sure. Okay. All right. Very cool. good. Well, if yeah. we meet you, that'll be a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Bonus All right. for me too. So, so right. real quick, um, yeah. what we're what we're doing this whole the whole leadership questions and all that is to raise money for North Lawndale, right? So. I will yes. be then posting this interview on Facebook and there's going to be a link to, uh, to donate to North Lawndale College Prep in Chicago, right? So that's something that I will be doing uh, as we get enough high-speed internet to do so. <laughs> Which has been a challenge. We, we're getting ready to yeah. send up smoke signals here. Well, and even if, you're, even if your ride is complete by the time this gets posted and people are watching, they will know that it's not too late to donate. Oh, that sure. your link will be active all the time, I'm sure, right? Yes. And that yes. uh, please, please think about how um, the future, our youth is a, is a future leadership yeah, that exactly. will um, exactly. help us all, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a great investment. All right. Good. Yeah, thanks. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Good guys. Night. Safe travels. All right. All right. Thanks a Bye -bye. lot. All right. Bye. Yeah. Bye.